it's uh, I think it's like the forgotten frontier of like reclaiming birth, you know, <laughs> like, yes, yes. It's like, this is the, this is the other frontier that we need to get, get back. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a lot of control around what you cultivate in the postpartum mm-hmm. more than the birth. Holy Wild Birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design, undisturbed. Here, we share homebirth stories highlighting God's presence as the great midwife, as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birth keeper Brooke Collier of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome back to the Holy Wild Birth Podcast. Today we are talking about the postpartum, postpartum prep, and just the sacred time um, it is when we meet our babies and rest and recover. Um, we talk a little bit about the why we hold postpartum as a sacred time, as well as some real practical um, modalities and preparations that you can um, cultivate in order to really get the most out of your postpartum period. Um, Brooke is also in right in the middle of her lying in period, and uh, she so graciously has invited us into her postpartum room um, to really talk about um, exactly what that postpartum can feel like. And so I think that you will glean so much, and I hope that it blesses you. Hello, we are back again for another Holy Wild Birth episode, and today we are talking about the postpartum, uh, postpartum prep, and just the lying in period. And um, I am here with my beautiful, freshly postpartum uh, co-host Brooke, and as you can hear, little Gilbert in the background with all of his input as well. So (laughs) I'm excited to be talking about this while you are in your postpartum. Yeah, it's good timing. It is fresh on my mind. (laughs) I am on day 11 of my lying in period. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm passionate about this topic, even when I'm not in the middle of it myself. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's like the forgotten frontier of like reclaiming birth, you know, <laughs> like, yes, yes. It's like, this is the, this is the other frontier that we need to get, get back. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to tell the women I work with, like planning for your birth without planning for your postpartum is like planning for a wedding without planning for a marriage. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> it's just as important, maybe more, more in important. certain ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know as a, 
um, is a multip, a grand multi stepping into grand multip now. Um, it, I, it has become what I plan for instead of birth. I would plan for the postpartum because it was what really, you know, it is, it's the thing that we have the most control over, honestly. Like it's we true. don't know when we're going to give birth. We don't know how we're going to give birth. We don't know how, you know, what our body's going to need or who we're going to need in there, or, you know, all of those things. But like your postpartum, that is something that you can really put a ton of energy into protecting and, you know, cultivating exactly what you want, right? Like you, yeah. outside of like, I mean, obviously circumstances can shift things. Um, but for the large majority, you have a, a lot of control around what you cultivate in the postpartum mm-hmm. more than the birth. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess within um, your postpartum right now, my, uh, my question would be like, what are you so glad that you prepared for? Like what is, um, reaping the most fruit for you at the moment? Oh, I mean, on a very basic level, just m- ensuring that there was adequate support in place for me to be able to hold up in her bedroom for two weeks. Yeah. I, that's kind of like my baseline. Um, that I will be able to step out of all of my normal responsibilities and roles for basically two weeks, mm-hmm. um, which that alone requires a fair amount of preparation for most of us. Like we, I, I think it's just it's worth saying that we don't live in a culture that is going to hand us this on a silver platter, like at all. <laughs> like we have to really fight for it and like make it happen because no one is going to give it to us. Yeah. Um, and so like, I mean, I know that so many people, their husbands get like sometimes just days off. Mm-hmm. Um, I Mine gets two weeks and then like a third week to kind of do half time, like kind of like melt back in. Um, but even if your husband does have time off, there's the work of making sure they're on the same page and that the value is placed on it so that yeah. he can persevere in doing his part of that without getting resentful or burnt out because it's hard on him. Yeah. Um, so we, my husband, I mean, you know, this is our sixth, so we've been through this a few times and we have had those conversations and he does get it. <clears throat> and even though it does get really hard for him, he's committed. Um, but then we also realized after our fifth baby that calling in extra help people like a postpartum doula. Um, I like, we spent money on the postpartum doula instead of a birth doula now. Like that's, yeah. um, that matters more to me. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely Which i think you've shared that sentiment like when you finally yeah. have one you're like why didn't i do this sooner mm-hmm. so much that so much that okay. so then, like if you have mothers or mothers-in-law like it takes a team really mm-hmm. um so our team is our postpartum doula my husband my mom and my sister-in-law has really been stepping up to the plate in some significant ways too so um and then even my older children you know like prepping them to like mom's going to be kind of out of commission for a minute and we're a team as a family and everyone's going to kind of have to help each other out to get through this time. And this is why it matters. And here's how you can help. Yeah. So what here is how, why it matters. I think that's such an important, um, you know, thing. you just talked about talking to your husband and your children about that. Um, but we probably have listeners who are like, that sounds extreme two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? What are, you know? And so like, 
why is this important? Um, as you said, it's something I'm super passionate about as well. Um, and I'm always telling my clients, um, traditional Chinese medicine and just ancient medicine across the cult, you know, across the globe in various cultures will tell you the first 42 days affects the next 42 years of your life, right? Like this, um, is a time that you can literally use as a reset and like you can heal chronic issues in this period and you can create chronic issues in this period. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's such a, it's, it really is, if we recognize birth as this opening, uh, you know, we are now open, right? Like you, you, you did the opening, expanded in all the ways in pregnancy. You have this baby, you're completely open. And in this postpartum, you are open and it's the closing. And like what you close around really matters. And so you can close around um, this beauty, you know, like you're closing around peace and um, this support and, you know, and all of the, the warmth, all of those things and really closing around that. Or you can be busy and chaotic and trying to fit all of this stuff in. And that's what you're going to close around. And so um, I really like that picture and it, it helps yeah. me visually um, to recognize this is why it's important. Um, because on a holistic long view, it's going like this, your postpartum is going to affect your menopause. Like your postpartum is going to affect how you transition um, in womanhood. And, you know, like that's the long view, but even this, the short-term views of like how long you bleed for and postpartum depression and, and moving into like setting a new tone for the new normal of your family has expanded. And, you know, it, it's, it's very short-term and very long-term how we honor this time. And so that is uh, where I really like to set, you know, women up for success in preparing for um, being able to close around this piece. So uh, I say, and I kind of take it if postpartum is that 40 days that, you know, like I divide that those six weeks up two two two. I like to say and encourage um, an ideal of two weeks in the bed, two weeks around the bed, two weeks around the house. Um, and then some people I have heard use that and they do the five, 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 five days in the bed, five days around the bed, five days around the house. Um, and so it's like, these are kind of these two ideals that people put out there. Um, but what are you going to promise for yourself? Right. Because it doesn't have to be dogmatic. Um, and so I have like a postpartum worksheet that it's like, okay, what are you going to promise? How many days, um, are you going to put in your bed and how many days are you going to just kind of be in your space, um, around the bed is kind of what that means. Like just in your space, but you're not doing anything. You're not going far away, you're pretty close to your sanctuary that you've developed. And, you know, how many days are you going to be just like I'm home? I'm not venturing out, um, but I am maybe venturing past my, my little curated sanctuary of my bedroom. Um, and so like, what do those look like and what are you going to fit in there? And, and why are you making that promise to yourself? Um, versus just going up, oh, my midwife said two, two, two. So this is what I'm going to yes. do. Um, cause when the stir crazy hits, you're going to have to have a why that you come back mm-hmm. to. 
So, all right, Lauren, um, once again, this is us being on the same page and having handouts that do the same things without knowing it. Right. <laughs> I love it. So great. That why piece, that's something I have my students write down to is like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And yeah. And how long are you going to do each of those phases and all that? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I hit the stir crazy point a couple of days ago. <laughs> it's like, it gets real. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm kind of tired of being in this room. Like, I can hear my kids outside playing in the sun and I can hear my husband like struggling downstairs and like, I want to help him and I want to get some fresh air and, mm-hmm. and just having, just really had to do that a couple of days ago. Like come back to my why and yeah. kind of reset a little bit. Cause I was sort of losing the focus yeah. to reset with my husband, you know, and just like gather, circle the wagons and like, remember why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's real. And it feels so silly because I, it's privileged. Like being able to make this happen for oneself is somewhat a privilege, right? Like, yeah, I'm aware that not everyone can have this. So I feel weird com- complaining about it. And yet it just is what it is. Um, sometimes we choose good things and following through on those good things becomes yeah. difficult. Um, and I think knowing that ahead of time is important. I'm so not blindsided by that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's okay to have, um, to have that privilege, right? Like it's okay to use that in a sense. It's like, this is, I mean, honestly, if you were in the Levitical under the Levitical law, it was like required rest. Like this is something that the Lord set up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I don't know, I struggle with the word privilege because like everything is privilege, honestly, the fact that we're eating three meals a day and snacks yeah. in between is privilege. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not a necessity as well. Right. right? So I just wish it could be for all women, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's mm-hmm. the, that is definitely the thing that we, you know, it's like trying to set that up and doing the planning ahead of time um, so that you can. And so yeah. what is, um, I guess kind of like, what do you do to prepare for that? Like if you, you set your why and you set your goals of what it is, what that postpartum is going to look like. Um, and then it's like, okay, what do you need to think about and actually, um, put in motion, right. To mm-hmm. cultivate that. So, yeah. um, I bet I, between the two of us, we're going to generate a good long list. I'm sure we will. I'm <laughs> sure we will. So um, obviously like rest is the key key here, right? And I think about rest and nourishment and warmth. Like those are my three, your, a good postpartum has those three things, rest, nourishment, warmth. Um, mm. And so rest. That's a way to summarize that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think almost everything you can put in one of those categories. Yeah. Um, so that rest, skin to skin with your baby, um, nourishing with ideally warm, easily digestible foods, uh, nice herbal teas, um, you know, other things that kind of fit in that nourishment can also be the people that you bring around you. Mm-hmm. Like, are they, are they nourishing to your soul or are they like pulling from you? Right. Like, so are they coming and bringing, support are they bringing emotional support or do you have someone that's there to listen to you and sit on the edge of your bed as mm-hmm. you process your birth story as you coo over your baby um, or is there someone there to you know feed 
your children, to take care of the home, um, to support your husband because he's also in a postpartum. Like he also, Mm -hmm. he didn't give birth, but his whole life has shifted as well. Um, And so he needs that support. He needs time to have some oxytocin, um, you know, bonding with mm-hmm. his baby skin to skin. And um, so I think about all of those things also like on a practical level of the warmth, like um, a warming baths, steams, mm-hmm. yoni steams, warming teas, good cozy socks and, you know, nice uh, what if you're going to be clothed. My, my ideal is like a robe that I can be completely open to have baby skin to skin, but I can easily wrap myself up or wrap baby in that robe, um, you know, especially as I'm like, if I'm getting out of the bed for the most part, those first two weeks, I just don't need to put clothes on unless it's a robe. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, just those warming things. I actually really, uh, do not like the cold, um, icicle padsicles and those things that are very popular. Um, I speak against those. They don't fall into that, um, rest, nourish, warmth. They are, uh, they are creating a numbness, but they're they're delaying healing. Um, they're preventing um, any of that. You know, maybe they, they kind of prevent like swelling and 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 it's very Western mindset around bringing some numbness. So it might feel good, but it actually causes um, a, at length. It prevents the body from being able to heal and restore, uh, which we do with warmth. And so. Actually, in most other cultures, they think it's crazy that we, that Americans <laughs> use pet sickles. Um, so that's definitely something that is, I guess, outside of the mainstream that I really mm-hmm. speak to um, is making sure you're, you know, bringing warm compresses or herbal peri bottles, um, yoni steams for the first 30 days after your, uh, after the first four days, you can start yoni steaming um, for, you know, daily for the first 30 days there. Um, so yeah, those are the, the kind of the things that first jump out, out to me. Anything that's really good stuff. Oh, um, yeah, I was just going to first say I, I made padsicles last few times and then like, just didn't want to use them. I was like, it's just, I don't want these. So this time I was finally like, why am I making them? I'm not using yeah. them. I'm not even going to make them. Yep. Um, but some of the things you list are so great and I have not been able to do them or have not. I didn't, I should say that differently. I did not pre-plan a way to make those things happen, mm-hmm. such as Yoni steaming, which is a relatively new idea to me. And really? I don't have that set up. I mean, I think I learned about it first during my last pregnancy, but I, I have never figured out an at-home setup and I did not prioritize figuring that out for this postpartum period. I wish I'd known that. I would totally left you stuff. Uh, I didn't even think to ask you about it. We should have talked about that while you were here. But, yeah. um, but I do enjoy like a warm herbal bath, like herbal mm-hmm. sex bath, sometimes with the baby. Um, yeah. I do enjoy that. Um, and I don't know. I'm like, I'm looking at my nightstand right here because I'm in my bed right now while we're recording this episode. Um and I just have all these various like tincture bottles and homeopathy bottles and essential oil bottles there. Yeah. I tend to take seriously like choosing um, different supportive um, plant medicines, I guess, to yeah. have on hand to use kind of intuitively. I'm not very like 
prescriptive about it. Just like, yeah. today I feel like I need this. And today in this moment, I think I need this. Um, yeah. So that's something I have set up really well. Um, even the simple act of making sure that I own a serving tray. Yes. Yes. It, it feels like a symbolic way of saying, like, I'm like, I'm going to be served during this time. And so we actually have a tray that we were given at our wedding that has been the postpartum serving tray for all of our babies. Oh, so that's really that's special so to precious. me. Um, it's like this turquoise round metal tray from Target. <laughs> um, it just goes up and down the stairs many times a day with meals on it. Yeah. Um, and um, the meals, that that alone can be a big one. Like, <laughs> where are they going to come from, right? Right. So, and the bigger your family gets, the more complicated that gets because it gets meal trains get more intimidating for people yeah. the bigger the family is. And I'm yeah, fully aware sure. of that. Um, so, finding that balance between like taking a little bit of a leap of faith into your community that they're going to mm-hmm. show up and help nourish you while also preparing some freezer meals. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you're not going to get nourished in your bed if there isn't food there to nourish you with. So you have to find right. a, a flow of the food into the home. <laughs> um, some some husbands may be culinary geniuses and whip up feasts for you every day. But I, yeah. in my experience, it's not true for many of us. So, um, And then this time, I did something I've never done, which is I got a dorm fridge in my bedroom. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, it was an idea that a friend gave me. Um, and then it's stocked with some of my favorite snacks and like kombucha. Yeah. And then if I collect some milk, I can put my milk right in the fridge there instead of having to have somebody run it down. Yeah. Um, it's been really nice. I'm really liking that. That's awesome. I had yeah. a, um, thinking of like appliances by the bed type of thing. I like the fridge. I had a tea kettle next to mine and I got like a nice tea kettle and I th- stocked my my teas right next to my bed and then I had um you know just a full snack basket as well um because man you get so hungry during postpartum so hungry I feel like I am like a monster eating all of the food (laughs) and just especially cannot go up and down the stairs this many times a day for me like there needs to be food in the room yeah for sure so having food in the room um was definitely a huge thing and then also like having that warm tea that I wanted to have constantly um but also felt like I have to always be asking for another cup of tea and so I just had the the tea kettle there with all of these like really warming I picked a bunch of like different warming tea blends some chais and some Tulsi chai and um I don't know, some various like Ayurvedic type of um, choices. And then I had the golden milk prepped in the fridge, uh, bone broths. I had this special um, soup mug because I was like, okay, I had the, my serving tray was one of the table trays. And so it has the little legs that I would Mm -hmm. put out so that I could be nursing the baby and still have food close to me. (laughs) And and then the soup mug. Yeah. Then the soup mug, um, because it is so much easier. Like if you've got one hand holding a baby, you know, it's like, I can just sit my, my soup. Yes. Um, 
So thinking about things of like, okay, what can I, what do I need to be able to do these things one handed? Mm -hmm. So that was, that was definitely some of those like, okay, what do I need as far as physical things to be able to, to cultivate this picture I've got in my head? Um, Do you hear him? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love that kettle idea. I actually had that idea a few days ago. I was like, why did I not get a kettle up here? Yeah, well, you have that kettle downstairs. You should just have it brought up. <laughs> yeah, well, my husband uses it every morning for his coffee, sometimes twice a day. So I was like, I should have yeah. gotten a second one or I don't know. Not really too late, I guess. But because yeah. I have been wishing for more tea, then I feel like I can. Then you can get, get. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just at some point you start feeling like. I'm being a princess calling for mm-hmm. all of the things of my little bell, you know? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. I just said that to my postpartum doula today. I was like, I'm feeling a little bit like a princess up here. Yeah. Yeah. So but. what you can do to mitigate some of that is really helpful. Um, and also makes you feel a little more sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so I think thinking is some other you know, modalities that you can bring in when you think about uh, postpartum doula. Uh, does your doula bring any any specific modalities with her? Or are you having, are you reaching out for anything else? Like, you, only, you already mentioned that you're not using the yoni steam, but maybe right. like castor oil packs or monk combustion or dry brushing. Or, no, um, she's not trained those, those things. things at this point. So it's pretty... Like in terms of like the kind of like hand on, hands-on modalities, it's pretty sparse around here. <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess I don't tend to like crave it, nor do I have a lot of experience with it, so I probably don't know what I'm missing. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, like I actually bought um, like wraps, like abdominal wraps this time. Mm-hmm. They're still sitting in my closet. I haven't even gotten them out to use them. I do have like a belly butter, like a warming like. Um, belly butter that is meant to go under a belly bind, but I haven't been doing the belly binding. I've only been doing the, the butter yeah, a couple times a day to myself, just rubbing my own belly with it and yeah, absolutely. thanking my body for the work it just did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I would love to hear more from you about those modalities because I know they are ones that you offer and have experienced yeah, more than absolutely. me. So tell so more I, about that. So I love the the vaginal steaming, yoni steaming, whatever you want to call that. Um, and I definitely notice a massive healing, um, you know, just like feeling like that reset and the um, my uterus clamping down just back to its normal size and um, – less bleeding and just even milk production, all of those things, just really um, being a beautiful benefit of those. It also just feels like a spa. Like you're mm-hmm. just bringing warmth to your body and, um, and, and using specific herbs that can really support all of that, um, you know, return of the warmth and, and reset and closing. Um you also do um, just kind of like full body, like breathing, like deep, deep breathing into your core um, and like that 360 breathing so that you're really pushing your air all the way through um, and really reactivating um, 
your pelvic floor in that Mm -hmm. way. So that's something that I always do. Um, Moxibustion um, and castor oil packs. Again, just bringing some stimulation and warmth to the body. You can do the the padding uh, and dry brushing to like move the lymph system and circulation. Um, So those are definitely some things, you know, then like chiropractic care. It's like the only thing that I leave my house for. Um, in postpartum is to have myself and my baby um, seen by the chiropractor. Um, if I had had other options, I would have used those like of in-home um, chiropractic or CST or myofascial um, yeah. are definitely things that I would lean into more and probably prepare more um, going forward. If I do have another baby, I don't know if we will, but um <laughs> You know, like, especially having those things ready for baby to have even more so than myself, um, having those in the wings, um, should they need that? Um, because honestly, most babies do need Mm -hmm. some myofascial work or cranial sacral work. Um, chiropractic is, is kind of the most easily, uh, obtained though. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the, the ex- you know, those external modalities, um, obviously herbs and, and homeopathy are some things that I lean into, uh, especially like afterbirth, um, pains, which, um, I'm just going to say, I'm slightly jealous that you don't feel afterbirth <laughs> pains. Cause what? <laughs> I know. Uh, that is, that is like miraculous to my brain. Um, they have definitely always buy the after use tincture and then never use it. Never. Yeah. I use, um, I typically use motherwort and skull cap, um, or homeopathy if it's well matched. Um, my skull cap was the one that really helped me, uh, in my last, uh, afterbirth. Um, that was, that was the one that just was like the Mm -hmm. remedy. Um, cramp bark is another good one. Mm -hmm. And I personally like to use single because then I know exactly what it is that my body is using. Um, So those are, those are the ones that I typically have on hand, motherwort, skullcap and uh, cramp bark. Um, And then normally I'm drinking like red raspberry teas as well. But um, those are kind of the, the motherwort's also great for the, like supporting the heart. Um, emotionally as well as physically. So that's a good one. Um, yeah. If you've got a little bit of some postpartum blues or grief going on, um, other words, a great ally. So I do love having that one. I have that one on my nightstand too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I know this is, this is a blend, but um, the rebalance tincture by wish garden has become my fave. <laughs> yeah. The two What's postpartum. In that one? The two postpartums I've used this for have been my most emotionally stable. Mm. Uh, What's in hormonal rebalancing? So it's um, Vitex Berry, Ladies Mantle, Black Hawbark, Calendula Flower, St. John's Wort, Motherwort Aerials, Burdock Root, and Yarrow Aerials. Ah, yeah, that sounds but like for a whatever beautiful reason, blend. For me, it works very, very nicely. And there's yeah, a huge difference. Um, I can see that. It's a beautiful I haven't form. had night sweats. I haven't had like, in the past for me, the day my milk comes in is usually a day I cry a lot. Mm-hmm. And the two um, pregnant or two postpartums that I've used that blend for, I didn't cry on the day my milk came in. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. So wonderful support yeah. to have there. Yeah. And then this time, thanks to you and Heather, I used, I got Arnica 200C. Yeah. The body aches. Like that's real. I almost forget about it every time, like how much your body can just kind of feel achy. Like you've just had a really massive workout for the first time in a year or something. Yeah. Um, and the Arnica felt really nice once I got that on board this time. It helped a ton. Yeah. Now I would say caveat, I guess. I love that that helped you not have to cry um, in that time. <laughs> but I'd also say like, um, you know, I think it's so important that we allow ourselves to feel all of the things. Yeah. Um, and that it's very normal to feel Um, just kind of this juxtaposition of like great joy, great grief. And, um, that's very normal. Um, you know, and it's okay to like feel the feelings, just don't let them lie to you. Um, you know, but cry if you need to cry, talk if you need to talk, laugh if you need to laugh, um, share your story and what's on your heart with a trusted ear. Those are the things that, um, I definitely think are just as important. Um, and part of that nourishment um, piece of postpartum. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I don't mean to imply that one ought to stuff or like try to numb out one's oh, feelings. Yeah. I don't think that you did. I think you were just <laughs> expressing that you felt balanced. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just I like it was like I I feel like in the past it's been like the PMS kind of crying, you know, where like the hormones yeah. are so overwhelming that amplify whatever feelings you have. Yeah, absolutely. And make them feel, and it just kind of seems to like level that out a little bit. So it's, yeah. it's not that I'm emotionally flat. It's more, it just feels a little more level, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, but that was a really good caveat. I think that it's such an important season to be able to like, cause like, again, if we're not releasing that, that's what we're going to close around. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and it's a big, it's a big transformative event that has mm-hmm. just happened. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, but there's, there's some realness and some rawness being that For open sure. and vulnerable. And so it's okay to, to feel all that. To emote. To emote. Yeah. Please and emote. I would add to that on a related note, I think another good argument for having this time tucked away is that we have time to process our stories mm-hmm. and like it's felt really urgent to me almost after each birth to, to have time to write my story like yeah. to to give it words to give it a space to exist outside of myself and to be shared um either in writing or vocally um and then to just notice what sticking points I might have about the story like what are there any parts that still feel a little prickly like they just landed yeah. a little off and then um what do I need to do to kind of like <laughs> finish that like yeah. close that stress cycle I don't know um so for instance with my last this most recent birth the manual removal of my placenta is something that feels sticky to me like I'm like mm, yeah that's like I didn't feel traumatized psychologically by it, but my body is remembering it. I'm noticing yeah, for sure. And I'm like, Ooh, I need, to, I have some work to do there to kind of like mm-hmm. um, release the physicality of that trauma in my body, I guess. Yeah, for sure. So exploring things like um, just EFT kind of tapping through that a little bit and kind of looking for some other ways that I might be able to do that. So if we rush back into the world and jump right back into the fray, we never have a chance to, 
get in touch with those things yeah or to tell her story it just gets plowed over and yeah and then it's they are integrated like it's not right. integrated into yeah. our experience and our yeah. yeah so it needs space to breathe and, mm-hmm. and to be integrated yeah otherwise you close around it yeah <laughs> and it will come up later and it will be harder yep. to excavate out for sure mm-hmm. so um I know I have in my little postpartum workbook, I, you know, I mentioned like approach the stillness with an open heart and like anything that feels too burdensome or heavy or requires effort that you just say no, because there's so much else going on that feels like you don't get to do that inner work. If there's all of this external things, because you have to be still to kind of go, Oh wow, that does feel a little tender still. Mm -hmm. That does feel Um, but I also find that it's such a precious time. It can be such a precious time with the Lord, um, Mm -hmm. you know, of just like letting him speak to you and being in this like time of like really journaling and listening for his still small voice. And, um, I find that some women will really tap into their dreams and their like, just the musings that can come out. There's such a, there's so much coming out because you're so open um, mm. that you can not do anything with, but just hold and like meditate on his word and, you know, and really allow this new season, like kind of be able to like speak over the new season and speak over their name and their blessing, and, you know, and just yeah. really be in the stillness. Um, because I think it's like, there's so much that comes in at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, if mm-hmm. that makes if that makes sense mm-hmm. absolutely yep and <laughs> venturing out too soon it feels so vulnerable I remember with my mm-hmm. second baby we closed on a house when he was <laughs> five days old <laughs> so I, oh, had to, goodness. <laughs> I had to leave the house to go sign yeah. the papers and it's just I mean if you're some of them, it seems like they don't feel this. I'm like, are you not paying attention to your own, your own body? It just, I, it feels so vulnerable because you are so open and like going out yeah. into the cold, hard world that doesn't have any idea of the miracle that you just <laughs> lived through. just feels like, I mean, I couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> I could yeah. not wait to get home. Um, yeah. And even, okay, here's another benefit of it, of staying home is learning your baby like no two babies are the same and if again if you jump back into the normal pace of your life you don't have the attentiveness required to learn your baby and like what does that sound mean when he does that with his face what does that mean Mm -hmm. like um how long does he nurse and how often and um just it's just like a stranger you've just birthed a stranger and you have to get to know them and you have to be quiet enough to hear them because they don't communicate with words yeah um, so it's, it's, that's such a strong foundation for your relationship with your child going forward. Absolutely. To take that time to really learn them and get in mm-hmm. sync with them. And like, you're literally synchronizing your nervous systems too. Um, so that you, then when you do jump back into the fray, you're more attuned to yeah. your baby, even when you're busy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and so that, important for their growth. So important yeah. that you're attuned, like attunement and for trust between so... your, yeah, trust and attunement. Um, like they need like that's that. The foundation. They need yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a foundation of attachment theory, right? Like, yes. 
attachment theory is attunement essentially like is the mother attuned to the child Mm -hmm. from early on and responsive to them appropriately responsive so yes um, i think of this um, postpartum lying in is when we get to to set those wheels in motion of attunement and attachment so absolutely i think of adam young um in his the six uh pieces the big six he calls it um that every child needs from their parents Mm. and it's attunement responsiveness engagement ability to regulate and i'm trying to remember the other ones um but he's got a great podcast uh called uh the place we find ourselves the place we find ourselves yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good one cindy introduced me to that you too yes (laughs) such a good such a good one he talks so much there's actually a podcast specifically on attunement and um you know how much those our babies need that they need Mm -hmm. us to look into their eyes and um respond to what they're feeling and you know and it really sets their brain development and their growth and their emotional health for like their whole life um can be really we can really lay a firm foundation for them so um, yeah so it's not just for us it's for our babies too that we yes absolutely your babies need you and you need your baby and and you know i also want to say like if for any reason this was like you didn't know about it so you didn't do it or there was maybe some kind of NICU journey that robbed you mm-hmm. or you know any of those things like you can reset you can yes. uh, you know take that time to say you know what I didn't even you know what I will dare say and even say even if you're two three years out like I don't you know like whatever mm-hmm. just you can reset and say you know what I'm gonna plan a postpartum because your yep. postpartum just means post-birth like you are post-birth, no matter yep. what the outcome was, no matter, um, you know, if, even if you have baby in your arms, like you are post this birth. And so you can uh, take that time and put it on your calendar to say, I'm going to redo this and I'm going yes. to reconnect um, with with this reset period. And, you know, while yes, there's obviously some physical things that may not be occurring at that point in time, um, there is emotional stuff that you can release and really give that to yourself and really give that to your baby. Um, so, you know, like I've, I've seen women redo the breast crawl, um, because they, they didn't get that done or, or going home after a, a home birth transfer and, um, you know, and getting into the birth pool and having an herbal bath and, and re, you know, just like retelling that story and reframing yes. and allowing to like reset, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're not like obviously changing outcome of what it was. Like you still are living within um, whatever happened, um, but you can let your body heal and you can let go of that cellular trauma and you can say, mm-hmm this is what's in my control now. And so this is how I'm going to handle that. So it's never too late to, to bring healing and wholeness and close around goodness. Yes. So were you eavesdropping on my conversation with my students today? Cause we literally were talking. I about was today. not. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One of the girls had like a NICU disruption, you know, to her mm. 
postpartum and I was just saying, here's an idea, like a redemption idea. What if you yeah. got a date on the calendar to stay the day in bed? Yeah. You had your food brought to you and you got skin to skin and you took a nap with your baby and you took a bath. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like any of the things yeah. that feel right to you that you wished had been part of your postpartum, like can you spend a day or the whole weekend just yeah. building those things and giving that to yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I got to participate in a kind of birth reenactment I guess last Mm -hmm. year it was earlier this year earlier this year um for a client who had really wanted a water birth and it didn't happen and so we made it happen like a week later we got out the birth pool and her kids had missed the birth too she really wanted them to be there so we got the kids involved and they basically enacted the birth in the water and spent some time in the pool together and I took pictures and it was really special and yeah kind of closed for her something that just needed mm-hmm. some closure you know yeah I've done that for um, a few people um, yeah it's so special it can be it can be really just reclaiming um, mm-hmm. what feels like maybe was stolen and uh, yeah and and I was I was a Nikki mom for one of mine and, mm-hmm. and did really have to like reset my postpartum when we did get home um yeah. and so even though I was a week out. Um, he was in the he was in the NICU for five days. It was like you know what we're going to still do it. We're still doing mm-hmm. the two weeks. We're starting as if day one, and even though we weren't, and uh, and I really took extra time because I felt mm-hmm. like I needed extra time than I had originally planned because of mm-hmm. being in the hospital for five days and walking around and you know and just yeah. Yeah, I, I, I literally cringe what I ended up having to put my body through um, mm-hmm. because it was a necessity. And yep, NICU mm-hmm. does not make it easy for new moms, right? Like, it's terrible, but yeah. So you needed extra healing time from that, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. So I, I just gave myself that permission to like reset and and have extra time in the bed and extra mm-hmm. time really, uh, and I needed it, like. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, that was, yeah. those are definitely the things that I think about as far as postpartum. Is there anything else um, you think of when you think about postpartum planning or being in? Yeah, some random smatterings. I think we should yeah. talk about our pelvic floors and how that's another reason for Yes. Lying in is to not put undue stress on our pelvic floors immediately um, if you don't want to have prolapses and such as you get older. Right. Um, so even when you're in the bed, it's easy to feel like in the bed should be like sitting on your bed, but right. ideally getting horizontal. Yes. <laughs> like lying yes. in your Great. bed. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah. Anything that is um, putting pressure on your pelvic floor needs to be limited. No sitting up and taking stairs like if you are in a in a home where there's a lot of stairs to get to the bedroom thinking about what that looks like um, especially if there's like a trek to a bathroom what does that look like um, and and really kind of yeah protecting your pelvic floor because all of those things and I think that that's really good um, you know you just did this amazing like thing took a ton of strength, like physical strength. And there's also that, that relaxant that like loosened all the ligaments. Like that's not gone away yet. Like it's still very present in the body. You're still very open mm-hmm. and loose. And uh, what we are doing physically, you know, you can 
keep your your pelvic floor and all your abdomen and uh, you know keep yourself all out of alignment um, if you're doing a ton of stairs and lifting baskets and bending over and um, you know all of those things so mm-hmm. that's a, a real physical need for yeah. the postpartum rest is um, to prevent those like DRs and to prevent um, you know prolapse and and all that for sure for yeah. sure I mean your organs are like literally shifting inside right. of your body again, everything is going back like, to where it's at <laughs> where it used to be and yeah your course your core is usually a bit unstable it's not strong strong yet and it just needs TLC and yeah it has to be okay yep Absolutely. Uh, the other topic I thought we should hit on is visitors. This one comes up a lot when I'm talking with mo- new moms. Yes, like, yes. I have so many people want to come see the baby, and I'm kind of overwhelmed by it, and I want to mm-hmm. see them, but I also don't know if I do. And <laughs> um, I was, I like for me, I kind of think about like in my mind. I haven't like written this on paper, but I have like a circle diagram, and there's a uh-huh. circle in the middle that's my inner circle. Those yep. are my people who I am so close to and so safe with that I don't have to perform or be guarded around, as well mm-hmm. as my birth team right. will be the inner circle. Those yeah. people can come in the first few days, yeah. as long as they come with intention to be helpful. And usually these people will, because that's why they're in your safe circles, because you know that they can be trusted to have boundaries and to right. come with an intention to bless you, not to take from you. So these might the, even be people that aren't necessarily in your inner circle in the rest of your life. Right? That's true. Like, yep, absolutely. It's not, it's not common, but it is a possibility that mm-hmm. somebody in your, you know, extended circle is really honoring and, you know, a warm person for yep. your postpartum and will be willing to be in that space, even though maybe on the day to day, they're not in the inner circle. So mm-hmm. Keep an open mind to that, that maybe you're closest, you know, maybe you're really close to your mom or your sister, but they're not that either. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to have um, space there. Yep. Good point. So, so, and then there's like a ring outside of that, (laughs) right? That's like a step outside. Like they're, you're happy to see them. You want them to meet the baby. They don't like put you in like fight or flight mode, you know, like, and so maybe like starting week two, you can have one or two of those people over per day for a brief visit. And then outside of that is kind of like the acquaintances who have curiosity and are excited about your baby because everybody's excited about a new baby, mm-hmm. but you're not ever going to guarantee them a visit. Like if they want to bring over food, that's great, but you're not going to like say for sure, come into my sanctuary and hold my baby. Like, right. Just, I don't know. Like they can start to be the same. Yeah, it needs to be the same as what you would think about, like them visiting your birth, right? Like, are you comfortable with them seeing you naked? Are you comfortable with them seeing you in a diaper? You know, like, are you comfortable Comfortable with them them seeing seeing you cry? Cry. Um, Do you want them to hold your baby? You know, like all of those things um, needs to be. You know, like. Who do you envision being allowed in your space and to visit and to help? And like, are they warm people? Are they like, are they going to be bringing nourishment to you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or are they going to be taking nourishment from you? Because right now you are open, you are raw, you are, everything is spilled out. Um, and, And the only person you should be giving to at this point in time in this season is your baby. (laughs) So that is the, that's the like 
those first couple days, that first week, you're not to be giving out to others. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So if it's somebody who's going to come in and want to just hold your baby for an hour while they're wearing strong perfume and they expect you to go get them a snack from the kitchen. Yeah. Not a good no, choice. <laughs> no energy vampires, please. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and there and there really can be like family members who you love and adore, right. but they just don't get this. Like they don't yeah. get it, and and so it's okay to say to them, "We'll let you know when we're ready," and have that date be a week or two out from when you yeah. give birth, and you don't have to be apologetic about that. Um, you think that you know yeah. sometimes if you know it's going to be you're if you're you're sitting here going, eh, "I don't know how I'm going to have that conversation with mm-hmm. this person." Because maybe they are an inner circle person, but they're not an inner circle person, right? Um, so if you're thinking that, uh, I would suggest writing out your boundaries, figuring those out, and then maybe looking at those with your husband and then rewriting them in a, like, I would say, write them out with no holds bar. What you actually need can be harsh, can be like just permission. <laughs> like, what is it that you need? And then come together with your husband, kind of review, edit that rough draft of like, okay, what, how can I say this diplomatically? How can I say this in love? How can I show them that this is my why and this has nothing to do with them? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I really want to, I've been learning about honoring the postpartum. I really want to honor the postpartum. I've really decided that the first, um, you know, week or two, I'm not going to let anyone in our space that I don't feel comfortable being naked with and mm-hmm. I don't want to put on clothes for people. And so I love you <laughs> father-in-law, but I'm going to be naked. So you probably don't want to be around, you know, like whatever it is, right? Like yeah, explain your why. And like, this isn't about you. This is about what I'm needing to connect with my baby. I've learned a lot about bonding. I've learned a lot about, um, you know, attunement. I've learned a lot about rest and making sure that my body is healthy and this is what I need. And um, we will let you know when, when we're, you know, opening the door up for more visitors um, or letting you know when we can schedule you to come over, um, but it's not going to be an open door policy this time, you know, and especially if yep. it's not the first time. And this is like the set, I think it, mm-hmm. it's harder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you've had two or three babies and there's kind of like a, a precedent already set. It's yeah. like, well, we've always done, you know, um, that it, it can be like, you know what, we have always done this, but it's, it's, I've learned some different things that I really want to um, honor this time. So, um, and I think just putting it out as your why, um, knowing your why, and then being able to share your why um, makes it not about, you know, them. And then you feel like, thank you for respecting this, you know, like, you know, I appreciate that you don't understand, but that you're honoring it anyways. Thank you for that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and really like recognizing their, their desire to be a part of um, the family is, is real and kind and, and all that. Right. Like, and I think that that helps, um, prevent unnecessary tension in the families and close friends. That's really excellent advice. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. How we communicate those things makes all the difference for like yeah. the, how it lands with our loved ones. And so that was really good counsel. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I think the other thing, um, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier, just like spending some time with the Lord, also thinking about like what prayers um, you might want to be praying in this time or uh, praying over your baby and your healing and um, and just inter- integrating the spiritual side of things mm-hmm. of postpartum as well, which also kind of brought me back to that book that you've been reading. Is there any yeah. good review you'd want to give on that? Yeah, so this is the first book of its kind that I am personally aware of. Yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, ooh, I'm definitely going to check that out. It's called A Sacred Beginning. I'll put it in the show notes. I can't see the author's name right now. It's sitting on my floor. Um, But the subtitle is Nurturing Your Body, Mind, and Soul During Baby's First 40 Days. Um, And it's written by two um, Orthodox Christian moms. So I'm I'm not Orthodox, but um, so I will say like, there's a, there's a reading for each day um, of your first 40 days. There's about three to four pages. So it's very easy. Um, and it usually has some like reflections about like what you might be going through on that day with your baby or in your body and some holistic kind of like insights and suggestions and usually some small spiritual practice suggested. Um, so it's really lovely. And I will say that as somebody who's not Orthodox, there are some parts that I don't connect with as well, partly because I just don't really know. But like they'll talk about patron saints or um, like your priests. Apparently on the eighth day is the first day your priest says your baby's name in prayer or something. So there's like these like kind of very specific to Orthodoxy traditions that don't resonate with me personally. Um, But even with that, I think it's been a really nice companion. I'm really enjoying it to That's have around time and like just reading that in the morning while I wait for my breakfast, you know? And, uh-huh. So is it set um, up like a devotional then? Like you go know. through it during the 40 days, not yeah. like reread it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. A reading for each day. So it, it just really does feel like a little companion, you know? That's like, beautiful. This morning, I get to read my day 11 yeah. meditation. And it's been really insightful too. Like I feel um, like it sees moms and postpartum accurately you know like yeah like in terms of the way it describes some of the thoughts and feelings and fears and experiences and that you might be that's having beautiful that day so I, w- I would say i would recommend yeah awesome awesome i definitely but it made me wish i'm wishing that somebody library. would make a deck of affirmations for postpartum we need right? to on that would that be good yeah i have <laughs> one i do have a deck of postpartum affirmations um, it's, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, there's a decent amount of it that I like, but there is, you know, um, there's some of it that just doesn't resonate well for me, but, um, overall, like I would say, I'd give it like 95% of it is, is oh, okay. really great. And I, and yeah. I mean, I, enough that I hand them out to my clients and such. Yeah. So. I mean, in most affirmation decks, there's a few that don't hit right. well, you know, like yeah. I usually take some out. <laughs> right. But. So it's kind of one of those as far as like on the, just on the Christian versus the new age type of thing. Like there's some mm. of those kind of that land that you're like, mm, not sure that fits with my belief system but thanks sure. okay yeah <laughs> you know it's that, that kind sense. of stuff that mm-hmm. you find in the birth world yep. um but yeah there are some there are some good postpartum decks out there i think excuse me i'll have to hunt them down yeah oh and then before we end this episode i wanted to ask you if you would read um 
as if you've been listening for a while, dear listeners, you'll know that Lauren has this kind of like model or theory of understanding the childbearing year through the four seasons. Yeah. So postpartum is the winter. And would you be willing to share your musings on that? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I have written a post on that that's on my Instagram. Um, But literally, I just, I have really seen how, um, you know, we have these inner cycles in our body and um, women are really designed to cycle with the lunar calendar um, as the earth you know, cycles and as the sea, you know, as we see the seasons and, um, through our menses, we have that, those cycles that happen, these inner seasons. Um, and I had learned a lot about that and I began to just really see this unfolding of the inner seasons of pregnancy, um, which go through, um, to fall into postpartum being winter. And, um, I just really see like, you know, the winter is this time of reset for the soil. It's the time like in the autumn, Mm. we have the covering and it's to cover the ground to keep, you know, and as that covering, it actually heats up, right? Like that soil begins to heat up and it decomposes that that's what's covered and um, prepares the soil for the spring. And I just see that happening in the body of we needing that warmth to reset for um, our next fertility that will come. Like this is the time of rest of, um, of just this cold, dark reset that is winter. Um, and, you know, I just, I see that it's the same for postpartum. It's the place of warming. It's a hormone levels are taking this decline. It's the season of kind of, mourning as the womb empties you know we talk Mm. about this like very subtle grief of postpartum blues um that you have the birth of your child and this beautiful new season um but it's also the end of a season prior and it's that transformation of your family um of what your family was before this child and and there's Mm -hmm. a level Mm -hmm. of like grief to that and that's okay Mm -hmm. um that we can we can hold both uh, our grateful gratefulness for this new baby, but like grieving that, you know, your pre no baby life and or yeah. grieving the one child life or the, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, you know, like there's this expansion. And so or your previous baby not being your baby anymore. And your previous baby that because <laughs> that phenomena that happens where all the babies all of a sudden are like <laughs> legit two years older than they were like two seconds ago. Uh, like yep. <laughs> they do that um and so there's there's this like subtle grief that happens and you know like we look at winter and like that is there's this like this darkness and this like you know it's the time that like even seasonal grief and depression come up for people right and yeah and i think that there is a place that we can kind of lean in and feel what we need to feel and not accept any lies from that and then move forward so that we can move forward without that, right? Like that we can go forward um, in health and in wholeness. And so um, the end of that pregnancy, it's like honoring, holding your child all to yourself. And now you have to share this child. Now you have to share them with your husband and you have to share them with the, the other family members and eventually the world. And, you know, I see that postpartum, um, 
when you lie, do this lying in period really slowly, you are just getting to share them. Okay. Just with my inner circle, just with the outer circle. Now yeah. sharing them just with, and, and eventually you recognize that you're going to have to send this child out into the world, right? Like that mm-hmm. is parenting. And, and this is that like slow of, you just had this child and it was just you and Jesus and this baby within your body, right? Like it was just your spirit, just this child's spirit, just the Holy Spirit. And now they're outside of you and there's that severing of the cord and there's this very much like that can make someone sad, right? Like with yeah. the mother heart, it's like, oh, I have to, I, there's still so much a part of you. They're still needing your nourishment. They're still needing to be on you chest to chest, but like that is, there's a, a degree of separation that has occurred and that brings up some grief and that's okay and beautiful to like grief is everything. And so I see that as a part of that winter. Um, I also see it as a, you know, this at each year, the earth goes through a death and a rebirth of the soil and of the, you know, like the land needs to rest and, and God makes it, they do it every year. Um, and so there's this, this same thing. It's a season of, of, of birth and, and let dying off what needs to let go so that you can close up and you can re, you know, like rebirth this next season of your life, this next transformation. And so I say it's a season of returning and introspection of finality and yet also a preparation for a completely new beginning. Um, and so just like you can picture a warm night cuddled up by a warm fire with a, you know, a cup of, of a warm beverage or a hot soup or, um, you know, in the company of someone that you love and feel safe with, like that is the atmosphere that I want women to cultivate for their postpartum that cuddled up with only somebody they feel safe with, with, you know, a warm crackling fire and a warm cup of goodness and, and just being nourished body and soul and spirit. I love that. That's so helpful. Really useful for framing the big picture of that's of the postpartum season. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, this baby's getting I, noisier by the second. I think that <laughs> you have spent enough time of your precious postpartum um, sharing with with me and your listeners. So I'm gonna let you go, let you and Gilbert get settled back in, which you never left your bed. But no, I didn't. You know. <laughs> That diaper change is the best feeding away to us. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for this great chat. Yes. All right, friend. I will see you later. You want to close it in prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll I'll mute Gilbert. Okay. (laughs) Sweet Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you for um, the insights around postpartum and the gift that postpartum is. Um, A sweet, slow season to enter into with our baby as we um, integrate into the world again. And Lord, I just ask a special blessing over Brooke's um, postpartum since she is so much, very much in the thick of that, that you would um, give her and all of our postpartum listeners that you would give them your peace and that you would give them your presence, God, that you would just surround them in um, rest 
and nourishment and warmth and that you would just surround their home and allow their families to integrate well um, this new little one that has joined us Earth side and Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all of the gifts that it you you graciously bestow upon women that we get to birth new life into this world. Um, that you designed it that way, and that you just invite us into so many analogies of how you work in your character. And I just thank you for that. And I thank you and your great great wisdom. You have given us seasons of rest, and I just ask for a special grace. Um, that it might sound silly, but that they, they are able to rest in the rest, um, in the season of rest, that they are really able to settle in deep and put some roots down and be restored. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, till next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Holy Wild Birth. We hope that you were genuinely encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. If you're loving what you hear, please make sure that you share it. Leave reviews. That helps other mamas find this content as well. And don't forget to read the show notes, okay? Because that's where you can find our email address if you want to reach out to us and start a conversation. It's also where you'll find free offerings as well as invitations to work with me and or Lauren. We can't wait to get to know you. See you next week.